0: A lot of ugly stuff happens in the past, distant or recent. It's not fair! Or is it? Does it matter? Hmm. In any case, you can choose what you do now. The good Dr. Cassie knows why life can feel broken and will help you avoid disastrous outcomes caused by depression, entitlement, and oddly enough, beliefs about fairness. Roll the intro! Welcome to Coffee with Cashy. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy, reminding you that sometimes you need to press the button twice. <laughs> oh, man. Today's, today's lesson is taking a closer look at Tabitha's story. Even though she beat her demons with T-Can, losing over 100 pounds and counting, fixed her prediabetes, dyslipidemia, high blood pressure, and chronic pain. She got herself some self-efficacy and self-respect, which she felt was broken for her for entire life, by the way, for her entire life. This all started somewhere. And and after speaking with her, she was okay with me giving a little more of her backstory. After she had... After she had her initial coaching session right and got all those crazy results very fast that you know about now, some of her past demons were cropping up and causing a bit of a nuisance. And by a bit, I mean quite a bit of a nuisance. So this is what we did to pulverize them. That reminds me, uh, throw down a hashtag now if something that happened in the past is screwing with you in the present, take notes. This might be the most important lesson you'll ever watch. It might be the most important lesson you'll ever watch. But first, here is what you are learning. Here is what you are learning. Past problems, as far back as childhood, creep into adulthood. And that's frustrating. And that's frustrating. That it is 100% possible, reasonable even, with rational and constructive and scientific thinking to overcome utter atrocities. Dr. Cashy also believes boldly you owe it to yourself to smash that ugliness to bits. And once you leave that ugly part of your life behind, the solution to keeping it behind so that you can focus on your practical problems in the present and, you know, get your mind and body firing all cylinders, the whole point of starting all of this, right? <laughs> so here's the story, here's a story. Tabitha started starving down as a sophomore in high school, <laughs> just a kid. With all the nutritional savvy of a sophomore in high school, by the way, <laughs> Where did that come from? Where did that come from? She attributes to this change in eating behavior or not eating behavior, as it were, to friends, family, coaches, and people she potentially wanted to date, commenting on her weight and shape. Well, where did the ugly comments about her fatness and awkward shape come from? Was she terribly overweight with an awkward shape? Well, yeah, she was, she was. Why? Well, at an early age, she started using food as a way to deal with stress. And this stress came from a time early in her childhood, early in her childhood, where many chronic long-lived stressors come from. Tabitha, this is rough, Tabitha was abused by a family member when she was a pre-adolescent who or to what extent is her business and talking about that only adds to to the negativity. What's clear, however, is that as soon as she was wise enough to understand what happened, her rage started boiling and boiling over all the time at this person, at the universe. When she realized the futility of directing this rage outward, when she realized the futility of directing this rage outward, she would then take that rage out on herself. And when she took that rage out on herself, it made her depressed and destroyed her self-worth even more. And this anger and depression and destruction of her self-worth prompted these binge eating behaviors. And eventually, this led to the reinforcement of binge eating when she was stressed about anything, completely separate from that ugly event that happened. And this ping-ponged back and forth for decades, her whole adult life. her whole adult life. And Tabitha attributed, attributed her atrocious abuse to clearly and absolutely causing her overeating and binge eating. And it does make perfect sense. Yes, it does. But keep an open mind here with this. Tabitha was wrong. Tabitha was wrong. Why is it wrong that this made her chronically binge? One These things happen to tens of thousands of people every day. Is it atrocious? Absolutely, yes. It is a universally moral atrocity. And what's interesting, and the term interesting is used loosely here, by the way, is that the outcomes of each of these people are different. And this is an important lesson. Some people become chronic overeaters. Some of them get crippling anxiety. Some get serially depressed. Some become abusive. Some might become the opposite and totally crazily, you know, nervous anorexic, right? Again, some might become abusers themselves. Some might become activists, others vagrants, some becoming drug addicts. Some people turn out totally fine. Some people become leaders and managers and doctors and teachers. Why? Because of the conscious human component of choice. Is it possible... Yes, during that point in time, her choices were minimal if zero. Yes. Yes. Are her choices minimal if zero now? No. No. If this atrocity made her chronically binge and overeat, then every person in this situation, in her situation that had access to food anyway, would have the same outcome. But thankfully, that is wrong. That is wrong. This means that there is a logically substantiated way for Tabitha to turn everything around. And, if you have something in your past that's affecting your ability to make rational and constructive decisions, then you can too. Whew, this is emotional. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. The interpretation of the situation in hindsight is what drives behavior more than the event itself. In other words, they all experienced rotten atrocities, and they all deal with it differently. And this is good. This means that you can change how you deal with it now. Did she experience an atrocity? Yes. Was she the one that created this rage and depression? Yes. Did she choose to chronically binge and overeat using that rage and depression as a reason? Yes. Now, this may sound ridiculous given the circumstances, but the reality is that if somebody or something else created her rage and depression, then that means she is too broken to change. (sighs) That is the alternative. And that is what people, including Tabitha, convince themselves that they are too weak or too broken to change. But people do change, and she has changed. By inferential chaining, this means that Although somebody and something else committed an atrocity in the past, she is the one creating her situation in the present. This may sound ugly or or even brutish, as it's stated anyway, but think of the alternative. The alternative is that her thoughts, her decisions, and her actions all belong to somebody or something else, as if literally possessed by a demon. (sighs) And as you now know, thankfully, that is complete and utter BS. Tabitha now has the right to choose which means she now has the right to refuse <laughs> this this is the breath of fresh air Tabitha needed as soon as she realized she was causing her frustration and misery instead of some ghostly demon of the past and for that reason she would be the one that changed it that's good that is good There was an immediate physical manifestation of hope returning. (laughs) Her eyes lit up, her shoulders and posture stiffened. Her heart grew three sizes that day. And all of a sudden her path became clearer and her results came even faster. Explain this, bring out, bring out the iPad here. Remember back to the previous lesson. Remember back to the previous lesson. Beliefs and thoughts and decisions, they're all melded together. They're all melded together in this space between. Dr. Victor Frankl's pesky space between stimulus and response. OK, if what Tabitha originally thought was true, if what Tabitha originally thought was true, then the stimulus here, this is correct, then the stimulus, in this case, ugly memories or imagined situations would lead directly to her impulsive response. Are, which is binge eating, and overeating, resulting in a negative, and destructive outcome. Oh, weight gain, health problems, self-denigration, and further stimulating her anger and depression and binge eating. Hmm. Okay. (sighs) Completely. If that is the case, if that is the exact case, then what ends up happening is that the stimulus is skipping directly to response, skipping directly to response. Do you know what that implies? It implies that her beliefs, her thoughts about her beliefs and her decisions about those thoughts have been completely eradicated, have been completely eradicated from the equation as if her response to the stimulus was automatic. As if it was automatic and that her thoughts and decisions and feelings and belief systems and all of that stuff was poof. Did nothing. Is it possible to perform a complicated behavior automatically? No. No. Actions require decisions. Actions require decisions. Decisions require thoughts about acting, urges, and action tendencies, as it were. And those thoughts require belief systems in which to ground them. Ah, ah, Tabitha believed she was weak and broken because of the crazy demandingness she has in the present of herself as a child. That is her belief. <laughs> this, this is a distorted belief. Recall the three major pillars of distorted beliefs. There's low frustration... That life should be as frustrating as I want it to be. High levels of entitlement. That I must get what I want. And universal fairness. That I need to be treated my version of fair. Restated, this means I must perform to my standard or else. I need the things I desire or else. And people have to treat me well or else. Or else what? Or else what? Or else life is miserable and I can't stand it, and to substantiate just how miserable life is, I'm going to do something silly and sabotage myself, therefore proving via via my distorted beliefs that life is a disaster, (laughs) which then goes and auto-restimulates, right? If life falls short, if life falls short of your demandingness, what do you do? You disasterfy. You disasterfy. Why did this have to happen to me? What did I do? Fairness and frustration. I should have bitten and scratched and screamed more. Anything. Why did I have to be so weak? I should have been stronger. Frustration, entitlement, fairness. And now, because I failed at meeting the current adult demands of a child in the past, I must avoid these rotten memories, fairness and frustration, and therefore deserve to punish myself forever, entitlement and fairness, because of how weak and broken I am and how my entire life is, disasterification. And you wonder why regular programs totally fail you every time? Well, Can knows exactly why. <laughs> Tabitha's story of triumph at Can is the perfect example. Whenever Tabitha remembered something ugly, she upset herself about the ugliness. That upsetness drove her to make ridiculous demands of the child version of herself, which ultimately led to the disastrous outcomes in her present life, or her previously present life. Decades, decades of it. (laughs) Now, since she's at TKN, as these problems pop up, as they always will, but less and less, I coached her to start looking for these distorted beliefs, this demandingness and this disasterification, of a small child in the past, of a person that is now dead, interestingly enough, and instead use her rational, constructive, and scientific-mindedness to smash that to bits, and then have Tabitha replace them on purpose with new, more effective ways to think, believe, and act rationally, and constructively, and scientifically. Hot damn. So whenever you feel upset and off, search for your demands. Search for your disasters. And once you track them down, use your rational and constructive thinking to pulverize them and replace them with rational priorities and practical actions instead. And of course, TKN is always here to help you with that. So let's summarize this. Here's what you've learned. That past problems, even way early on in life, they creep into adulthood, and that's frustrating. Frustrating is all hell, many times. And that it is 100% possible, reasonable even, to overcome utter atrocities. And Dr. Kashi goes as far as saying that you even owe it to yourself to use rational, constructive, and scientific thinking to shred it up. So that when, once you leave that ugly part of your life behind, the solution to keeping it behind you means that it is the solution to keeping it behind you so that you can focus on your practical problems in the present. (laughs) And you know, get your mind and body firing on all cylinders. The whole point of all of this, why you started. So if you've made it through this lesson, remember to throw down a hashtag now if this resonated with you and something that happened in the past is screwing with you in the present. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Kashi is out!